0: love talk radio
1: from live in the balance the nonprofit organization committed to advocating on behalf of behaviorally challenging kids and their caregivers this is dr ross green welcome to collaborative problem solving at school I'm delighted that you were able to join in. This program airs live each Monday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time during the school year. We explore a variety of topics aimed at helping you better understand and help challenging students and implement the collaborative problem-solving approach in your classroom and your school. If you have a question or comment, call 646-727-2691. If you call in, you'll be muted until I bring you on the air. And now, let's talk about challenging kids and how we can help them. Hey there and welcome to today's program. Uh we haven't talked with the good folks at Anytown High School in quite some time, so we're gonna today's gonna be an Anytown day, which is great. Um we'll see how they're doing with plan B and with uh anything else that's going on with their efforts to implement uh collaborative problem solving in the building. Our Anytown days are not ideal days for callers, um, so we probably won't be taking any calls today, but there's always next week. Um, just spent two days in Toronto for the Peel District School Board, uh, training a bunch of their staff on how to implement collaborative problem solving. Um, boy, you know, things are kind of taken off. A lot of people reading Lost at School, doing book studies on Lost at School, book groups. Um, Did you notice the new school discipline survey on the Lives in the Balance website? Um, Many people have been getting back to us about that and letting us know that they need some help. And, of course, that's what we do here at Lives in the Balance. We try to help. Um, And... Luckily, we have our friends at Anytown High School helping us help, um, because all of the Anytown programs are uh, archived in the Listening Library on the Lives in the Balance website. So, if you want to hear where things began with Anytown High School and where they've, how they, how things have evolved, and where they are now, the Listening Library is a great place to listen to what it actually sounds like to hear a school that's grappling with and dealing with the difficulties in changing their lenses and in changing their practices to help challenging kids better. Um, Well, with that introduction, let's bring our friends from Anytown High School on. How are you all today?
0: Good,
1: Good. And, um, you know, we don't really plan much in advance for these things, so... um, what's how's things going in your building with implementing collaborative problem solving, and what do you want to talk about today?
2: Well, we've been um <clears throat> moving forward um within the team models um using plan B um, <clears throat> Today we're hoping that we could talk about a couple of students in particular that um I've been meeting with for plan b um on the team i'm one of the teams I'm focusing on and also um, some questions um, about one of the steps in particular, and then also hoping that we have enough time to talk about some logistical questions that we were hoping you could offer some guidance on.
1: Let's do it. Fire away.
2: So, um, I am continuing to work with T. T is a student that we introduced last year, and um, has made tremendous growth, but continues to um, have some issues in particular areas. And so we have continued to work with her. Um, In the last month or so, um, one of the issues that has come up has been particularly in one class, which is her social studies class. And so I... Met with the teacher to understand a little bit about what was happening in the room. I met with T and heard a little bit from her about what she was feeling frustrated about. And then the three of us met. And that was a brief meeting because it was interrupted. But what happened after that I thought was great. And that was... She met with the teacher on her own, even though initially she was apprehensive to do that because she wanted to be there, um, and the teacher spoke to me afterwards, and both of them felt that it went extremely well, that she felt that the teacher understood her position and her perspective. He felt the same from her, and they had come up with something that they were going to work on. Um, <coughs> I've since met with T and reviewed those two things. One of them was she recognizes that she likes to take perfect notes. So when the teacher is lecturing, he wants to like be able to write down everything exactly the way he's either writing it or saying it. But we realized that that was creating a lot of issue because her focus was more on the note taking than actually on the material of what the teacher was focusing on. So we had decided that she would get the notes in advance. And that's actually happened twice now since the conversation. And it absolutely has made the situation so much better. Um, So I wanted to share that because that was really um, affirming to me. (laughs) Because there are times that I you know, feel like a lot of investment and time is going into the process, and I don't always get to see it actually um, really build itself and, and actually be effective um, so quickly. So that was really good. Um,
1: if you don't mind, yeah, can you give us a little bit more detail, just so people have a feel for how the discussion went and um, – what went so well about it? I mean, I'm, I am—I mean, I'm often hearing stories both about Plan B going well and about Plan B going not so well. But the devil's always in the details. Can you fill us in about what made this one go well in particular, and sort of the specifics of the conversation?
2: Sure. Um, initially, um, the teacher came to me with a concern that um, she was really struggling um, when he was either not lecturing per se, but would, like, introduce a topic. And she was struggling if he, like, would move on and she wasn't done writing. She had a really hard time with that. And after we looked at it more closely, we realized that it was because she really wanted to make sure that the note-taking was, like, to her satisfaction because that's part of – just like the kind of person she is.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: we met with her, and we actually asked her, you know, when a new topic is introduced, we noticed that you really want to make sure that your
1: notes reflect what's being said. And mm-hmm. one of the things so that the teacher Let's stop asked there for a second. Let's stop there for okay. one sec. The first thing we're always asking ourselves is, was that a specific enough unsolved problem? You'd be Mm -hmm. amazed at how many people struggle, especially early on, to make the unsolved problem specific enough. And that one sounds like a pretty darn specific one. Let's have you keep going.
2: When the teacher then said to her, you know, we've noticed that when a new topic is introduced, you definitely want to take the notes. But then if I move on because, you know, there's a pacing in the – in the lesson and, you know, that he needs to keep going, you know, you get very frustrated if you have it finished. And that was an assumption that we were going on, that it seemed like she just sort of wanted time to stop, you know, like she wanted to be able to finish off her notes and then he can move on. But, you know, there's 27 kids in the classroom, so, you know, there's, you know, that was it isn't always easy to do that because there's a, also piecing that needs to happen. Um, it was really interesting. She um, initially um, deflected and got very defensive. And, and and her initial response was, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's stupid. Like, that's not true. And so we gave it a minute to just sort of, like, be there with what she said. And we said, well, what do you think is making it, challenging to move on when, you know, he's introduced something and it's time to move on. And that's when she said, well, when I'm taking the notes, they have to be a certain way.
0: Okay,
1: and then so that this, started that conversation. We keep going, I just want to point out to our listeners and other people who are interested in this program that what you're doing when you're doing that is what we would call drilling for information. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that speaks to the fact that typically not just sometimes. Typically, the first thing the student says about the unsolved problem, the first attempt at telling you what their concerns are isn't usually specific enough. And the more specific their concerns are, the better position we are in to be able to try to solve them. Um, Among the many reasons that the unsolved problems of challenging kids remain unsolved is because Number 1, we weren't specific enough about what they were, and it sounds like you cleared that hurdle. And number 2, we never found out in specific enough terms what their concerns were.
0: Mm-hmm. So what
1: you're doing now is when you're as you're telling this story, but what you were doing in the story was telling us about was uh, is drilling for information so that you can understand her concerns better than you did after she simply said one thing. Mm-hmm. So keep going.
2: Um, after after she um said that, you know, there's a certain order and I believe those were her exact words, like she said, Well there's a sort a certain order that I like to take the notes and, and then I gotta sharpen my pencil, um, if like the pencil isn't sharp. And so she mentioned a couple of other things. Um and she said, Well, if I don't have an issue with you moving on and she's telling this to the teacher, she said The issue I have is I want to make sure that I have all the notes. So that's when he then said, you know, I really appreciate, which was great. Like, he affirmed her. Like, he was like, you know, I really appreciate that you want to make sure that everything that you write down is, like, in a certain way and that when you go back to use the notes, they're friendly to use and that you know what you wrote. And so that was great. Like, he really did affirm her in that aspect. But then that's when he introduced his concern and said, you know that it's a challenge because if he's ready to move on and she's still writing the notes from like the first initial introduction of topics,
1: mhm
2: like he has to move on with his lesson. And so when, now, this
1: she, when is what, what a great what a great uh unsolved problem and it sounds like you all did a very good job of getting the concerns of both parties onto the table, so that we've now cleared another hurdle, and that is that, and the truth is, in many instances, the adult doesn't know what their concerns are, So, Mm -hmm. but in this case, that wasn't the case, so we now have two concerns on the table, and now we got to get creative and use our imaginations, because uh, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, and this is always the adventure of Plan B. Mm -hmm. Now that we have the concerns of both parties on the table, uh, she wants to get the notes just right. And I truth is, I don't think I've just done a very good job of repeating what her concerns were. And he can't wait for her before he moves on with the rest of the lesson because he's got a bunch of other kids in there. So now mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, whoa, as usual, two legitimate concerns. As usual, we don't want to do plan A where we would blow the kids' concerns off the table and simply say, look, you just got to move on, man. i got 27 kids in here. That's plan A. Um, We wouldn't do plan C, which is to say, okay, we'll wait. The entire class will wait until you get your notes just the way you want them. So really, we only have one choice here, B, but now I'm sort of dying to know what kind of solution they came up with.
2: Well, it was actually really interesting when we um, started thinking about the solution because, and I want to just say that, you know as i'm t- as i'm sharing this it's flowing but but this was like hours <laughs> i mean i had yeah, yeah. met with her and and the teacher met with her a couple times and so i mean like there was a lot of background legwork that was done with the student before like we really were able to pinpoint exactly what the issue was which you know i think just speaks to the process and how important that is but i just want to make sure that was clear um it was really interesting. We then said to her, because we didn't want to dismiss her, her, um, you know, her need to make sure that the notes were really accurate and all that kind of thing. Um, so we said to her, you know, do you have any thoughts as to, you know, maybe what we could do so that you feel like your notes are satisfactory to you and at the same time we can sort of keep moving in this lesson? And this, and she actually said, um, well, she asked the teacher, do you have the notes already or do you just, like, do it from your head? Which I thought was an interesting question she asked the teacher. And he said, no. He's like, you know, I mean, I prepare the lesson and there's things that I have ahead of time. So then she said, well, maybe, maybe I can get that. So honestly, like, she...
1: Mm-hmm. Um Got it. Mm-hmm.
2: she was very open to not to, to to receive what he had versus the need that it has to be in her penmanship. Because that wasn't the issue. Even though I thought it was gonna be.
1: Well, and you you're speaking to a few different points now, and that is what we think it's gonna be, it frequently isn't. And yeah. some <laughs> kids aren't. Terribly receptive to talking to us in the beginning, but then when they realize that at least initially our foremost concern is to understand and to gather information from them, Mm -hmm. they do tend to come along for the ride. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's interesting. One of the most interesting things about this is that um, the conversation did did not start seamlessly. She was actually not an especially um willing participant in the beginning. Mhm. Um so anything else you want to tell us about it?
2: Um I can say that um he's done it twice where he's given her notes in advance and um there hasn't been an issue with her becoming frustrated when he's ready to move on. So That piece of it um, we've been able to work through in a way where I think she feels like she was heard and felt good about it. And definitely as a teacher he feels like he's accomplishing his goal and that's the teach and make sure he's getting, you know, the curriculum to the kid. So that was really good.
1: Sounds like another instance in which not easily but with persistence, And with collaboration, you were able to solve a problem that over time would have taken significantly more time had -hmm. it gone unsolved, even though it took a meaningful amount of time to solve it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Spectacular. And Mm -hmm. the nice thing is each plan, I've kind of been wondering how T was doing because we haven't talked about T for a while. Yeah. Although I refer people... To the Lives in the Balance website and the Listening Library frequently for that initial ALSEP that we did on T in mm-hmm. sessions number two and three when we were just beginning our Anytown programs. Um, I refer people to that just to hear what it sounds like to have um, to do the ALSEP on a student. Um, but fantastic! What a what a great story. And, Nice to hear of one going well. You you mentioned that there were some others.
2: Yes. Um, so we there's been a a student that um she's a ninth grader, she's new to our school. I'm gonna call her Star.
1: Star, um, okay, guys are always creative with these names.
2: <laughs> um, and it's quite fitting. She definitely likes to um you know, get a lot of attention, and and she has a lot of strength. Uh, she's a natural leader, um, but but doesn't always um, maximize those leadership skills. Um, so she um, she's been a struggle for me because um, she um, when I when I typically have met with her, she's very resistant. Um, it's like, it's like, um, she wants to do plan A from a student's perspective. She wants to, like, blow off, like, everything about, like, what, but, like, from the school setting, the adults, and then she's just like, well, this is what I want to do, this is what needs to happen, you all just need to make it happen, and pretty much that's that. So, so she's been, Star's been a, a huge challenge for me, um, in a lot of ways, um, I didn't know a whole lot about her when she first came to our school, um, but I, I've been, you know, getting to know her and trying to just understand, you know, her strengths and, and, and just what, you know, what we can do to, to really, you know, really be effective with Plan B with her. Um, so, looking at the ALSUP, um, I did... Um, meet with her many times, and um, as you can imagine, you know, several things came up as concerns. One of, the the one I want to focus on is um, our biggest challenge um, was her presence in the classroom. Um, You know, from the minute she would walk into a room, um, you know, she just would walk in, very loud. Um, She wanted to make sure everybody knew that she was there. Um, And she actually sees herself as sort of like the class clown. Like she thinks like it's her job to make everybody, you know, laugh and and keep it lighthearted and, you know, which is great if if you're not in a classroom setting, but, um, you know, it's really challenging when it's a classroom setting. Um, So, one of the focuses early on was really trying to understand, like, that belonging um, presence, like, you know, what, that was sort of like from the beginning, my my thing, like, I felt like she was trying to figure out, how, like, how does she belong, how does she fit into this new group of kids, and, and that kind of thing. Um, unfortunately... You know her behavior um, continued to be just like off the charts. Um, you would, you know, if a teacher tried to talk to her, she would. I mean, it was just really difficult. She became very defensive quickly, um, and um, she she um, she um, would oftentimes feel that she was being targeted. Whenever a teacher would talk to her, so she wouldn't see it like a teacher was trying to like redirect her in a in a helpful way. She would see it as, oh, they're they're picking on me. Um, one of the things that um, happened was her schedule was changed, and 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 honestly, we thought that the schedule change would be a good thing because it was going to be a smaller group, of, like a smaller group of kids. Less transition um, and unfortunately it, it seems to backfire on us and i and and now, after meeting with her since many times, I realized that one of the reasons why that became a challenge with the change was because it it dealt with the belonging piece and and she's actually since has told me that she wishes that her schedule had never been changed because she felt like we weren't, like, working with her. Even though, you know, there were some, you know, I mean, some real consideration when the change was, you know, proposed. And all of it was in her best interest, obviously, at least. I mean, that's what we were, the perspective we were coming from. Um, But it, it's been really difficult with her. She, um she um since then i i i um have found out um that that she was adopted as a child, and so the whole belonging thing um is just huge for her, and so the minute her schedule changed, she like felt like we were throwing her away, and so we're trying to work with that. It's sort of like you know trying to go back and sort of you know restore. Some relationship there, but it, it's been a struggle it's been a huge struggle because she's she's very she gets very defensive um you know usually she's really good like it's like she's gotten very good like where she can tell you like her concerns, you know we could spend an hour on that, but then when you try to you know talk from the adult perspective. She completely shuts down, and it's like, you know, she doesn't feel um, that, you know, that the minute you try to like make it a win-win situation, she feels like we're dismissing her concern. So I'm I'm sort of struggling with that a bit. Mhm.
1: So, I wonder why number one.
0: Mhm.
1: And when I have kids who have that issue. I mean under normal circumstances under I shouldn't say normal there's nothing normal under typical circumstances the kid is so ecstatic after a long history of plan A that mm-hmm. in plan B we are finally taking their concerns into account
0: mm-hmm. that
1: they um they just merely putting the kid's concern on the table first and exploring it and understanding it <laughs> is enough to have them then be able to listen to the adults' concerns. But there are kids who, even though we are trying to understand their concern and even though that's going first, uh, once we start putting our concern on the table, they feel like theirs is no longer on the table. Now, why that might be, we could hypothesize forever. It could be that she has a long history of Plan A, Um mm-hmm. There are actually people out there who teach people how to first empathize, uh, Mm -hmm. adults how to first empathize with the kid to get the kid's concerns on the table, and then do plan A. So who knows if she's had some history with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, we could hypothesize and theorize about that forever, but to tell you the truth, I'd probably want to do plan B on that unsolved problem, namely... I want to make sure she understood the sequence of events first. Does she know? Does she comprehend? And I don't I don't usually explain the sequence of Plan B to kids because they don't really care, to tell you the truth, but she might care very much about mm-hmm. the fact that, number one, our goal is to really understand her concern. Mm-hmm. Number two, our goal is to get our concern on the table. And number three, this may be the part that she's, either skeptical about or doesn't comprehend or hasn't jived with her history. Number three, we're going to come up with a solution. We're all going to come up with a solution together with her input, and we're not going to go with a solution until she says she's good with it. I wonder if she knows that. But um, we don't need to hypothesize about it. We don't need to theorize about it. We can ask her. Oh, can I just? Reason- to- sure. Good.
2: I'm sorry. Can I ask you a follow-up question? So I just want to make sure I understood what you just said. So, are you suggesting that when I meet with her, I should make sure that she understands, like, the framework of Plan B? Yep. Like,
1: okay. But I mean, I would say you've got. Like in
2: language, I-, I get that part, but.
1: Number one, you could explain the framework if you think that's, going to do the trick there's something about what you're doing that she doesn't understand and so you're going to make sure that she understands what you're doing
0: okay but then
1: another option is to ask her rather directly and this would be plan b i've noticed that when i'm talking to you yeah. about um problems that i'd like to help you with and mm-hmm. i don't know if you noticed this but i'm really trying to understand what your concerns are, Mm -hmm. but then when I try to tell you what my concerns are, that Mm -hmm. seems to upset you a lot. What's up? Mm -hmm. So there's two ways you could go at it. Number one, if you're thinking, she may not have the slightest idea what I'm even trying to do here, Mm -hmm. and so me getting my concerns on the table uh, sounds too much like plan A to her.
2: Right, that's my concern. 'Cause that's what but, I'm thinking. Like that's what I'm feeling. Like I think when when I try to tell her like what some of the concerns were from the yep. teachers when that smaller group change came about like she like could not hear it. Like I think she felt like we were trying
1: we to were trying the will. like hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well that's that would be where I'd lay my money. Um And let's face it, let's think about what the define the problem step of plan B would sound like. It would sound like, my concern is that, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, now let's think about what adult imposition of will sounds like, right? You can't, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, anymore. Now, even though they are qualitatively different, and even though the define the problem step comes after we've already put a great deal of energy and time into defining out what the students concerns are many students feel like that define the problem step is us lowering the plan a boom on them and even though we've already done the empathy step they aren't buying mhm so i think that the one of either of the two options could serve you well i would either do plan b on why she is having difficulty hearing your concerns But to tell you the truth, I might precede it with a general overview for her of what it is that you're doing here because she may be equating what you're doing with what she's used to, and um, she seems to be letting you know that what she's used to is not something she's going to respond to very well. Right.
2: And, you know, the other thing I'm finding is um, she's, gotten very good at just, like, escaping and or avoiding. So, like, when when I've gotten, like, when we've been having a conversation, let's say, like, if I hit, like, a chord with her where, like, she just either doesn't want to go there or there's, like, a, a, a real, like, emotional charge attached to it, she gets up and storms out of my office and then slams the door.
1: That we might have to ask her about. <laughs> she
2: slams the door. <laughs> Um so that that's really interesting,
1: so that's I mean that's not a terribly uncommon thing. I don't run across it too often because, like I said um I find that the empathy step is so powerful
0: mm-hmm. that it
1: does it does keep most kids hanging in there when we're getting our concern on the table because at least they feel like they've been heard and understood. It is entirely possible that she isn't able yet to tell the difference between plan A. Where the adult is getting their concern on the table and imposing their will, and the define the problem step of Plan B, where though the adult is getting their concern on the table, they have no intention whatsoever of imposing their will.
0: Right.
2: Well, we're talking about the empathy stage um, that you mentioned. I I was hoping I could ask you a quick question.
0: Um, Let's do it. One of
2: the cohort team members couldn't be here. Her name uh, Kim, but she wanted me to ask you. Um, about one of her concerns, she was um, saying to me that usually when she's meeting with students and is doing the empathy step, she finds that um, they start becoming, like, very defensive when she brings up issues, for example, like, walking out of a class or not being in a particular class.
0: Mm. And so...
2: She she wanted to know. Her question was, should I go back to the empathy step until the, until the student feels more inclined to discuss my concerns, or how do I get it to a point where I can introduce my concerns or like the you know the the teacher concerns, which is sort of similar with my you know what I, who I was talking about with the star.
1: Well, and I can I don't. Quite frankly, I have enough details to know what's, um, what the stumbling block mm-hmm. is, or the mm-hmm. roadblock. Um, the, the examples you gave make it sound a little bit like she is starting off the empathy step, potentially. I'm not positive about this. Okay. She may be starting the empathy step off with a behavior rather than an unsolved problem. Oh, okay. And a lot of kids, um, and this is why I'm always saying you don't. The the unsolved problem isn't a behavior. The unsolved problem. Go ahead. So, Doctor
2: Green, if the behavior is that this student is walking out of class,
1: that's a behavior.
2: How right? So, how would that sound to phrase it for an unsolved problem?
1: Well, I'd need to know what, under what conditions, they're walking out of the class. Okay and I'd want to frame it as whatever problem is setting in motion walking out of class. This is a very important... uh, Starting a particular assignment, sitting Mm -hmm. next to a particular student, being teamed with a particular student. Um, So what this calls for, I I get it, that walking out of class is a problem, but it's not the unsolved problem. Walking out of class is what the student... Remember with T, T, if I remember... If I've been telling the story correctly, T would sometimes walk out of class. But what we did is we spent a fair amount of time talking about under what conditions did T leave the class. And if I remember correctly, um, they were when she was having difficulty reading something, when she was mm-hmm. having trouble on the computer. So difficulty reading is an unsolved problem. Difficulty on the computer is, the unsolved, is an unsolved problem. Those may be setting in motion walking out of class, but walking out of class is the behavior The unsolved problem is what's setting in motion that behavior. So what that usually means is that we have to go back and take a closer look at the specific conditions in which the student is walking out of class. Okay. Because a lot of kids, most quite frankly, if you lead off plan B, if if the empathy step starts with the behavior,
0: Mm -hmm. they
1: won't talk to you. Mhm. it's like having their behavior thrown at them and they won't right. talk that's a
0: good point
1: so that's of the little so now hard for me to now move on to how the adult's going to get their concerns onto the table because we can't get the adult's concerns onto the table until we have the kids' concerns on the table
0: Mhm.
1: and it sounds to me like we need to concentrate on that first, and then we'll have to see. I mean, if the student is getting all agitated because we're throwing her behavior at her and yep. we ne- we never get her concerns on the table, then we're not going to get our concerns on the table either.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Dr. Green. The
1: best, that's the most I can make of it without her being with us.
2: Right, and Uh, I, yeah, fortunately she had an appointment and couldn't be with us today, but.
1: But I think that that may be part of what's going on.
0: Okay. Seems like a reasonable
1: hypothesis.
0: Dr. Green, this is Zena. How do you deal with sometimes children when they have um, trust issues with adults? Well, where they will get to a level that they're comfortable talking to you and telling you their problems, but they don't trust your feedback, where they don't trust input from you, where they just kind of want to vent, 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 but not hear that other side of it?
1: Well, the, is the other side of it your concern, or is the other side of it your solution or your feedback? Because those are different.
0: Any mm-hmm. words that are coming out of your mouth?
1: Well, I think that goes back to what um, we were hearing from Marisol in the uh, on that kid who is um having trouble hearing the adults concerns mm-hmm. and I'd want to ask about it um probably before number 1 uh it's not a terrible thing that the kid is comfortable talking to us that's you know I'm always listening and saying what part of plan B isn't going well And the empathy step, it sounds like, isn't going poorly because the kid's talking and you're learning things, so that's not where the hitch is. The hitch is in them then being able to hear what you have to say. The only thing I'd want to be crystal clear about is that if what you have to say is feedback, they may not be interested in your feedback. If what you have to give is advice, they may not be interested in that. Admonishment, no. Mm. We want to really be pure that what we're asking them to hear about is our concern because we've just listened to their concern. So now we've brought it down to the level of – because collaborative problem solving, the second step of Plan B, isn't feedback. And it's not um, admonition and it's not sermonizing and it's not advice giving. It's us getting our concerns onto the table. Now I can ask the kid if I'm sure that's what I'm trying to do. And that's what the kid is having trouble listening to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I can do the two things that um, Marisol that we were talking about just now with Marisol, and that is let's find out if the kid actually knows what we think we're doing here. Right? What are, what are we trying to do? Does she know? Mm-hmm. Um, they may not know. Lots of kids. You know, it's all, almost like um, <laughs> some forms of individual therapy, which is you talk. The kid talks. The clinician listens, and that's the end of that. So hard to know exactly what um, she's expecting from this conversation, but I'd want to make sure that the student knows exactly what we're trying to do here. And then before we do it, ask them if they think there's going to be any part of that that's hard for them. In, In many instances, I don't explain to the kid what I'm doing because, once again, them just having um their concern heard and understood is plenty. That they're good, man. They've they've gone for so long without their concern being heard or without anybody even being interested. They can easily hang in there to listen to your concern. But some kids, those who don't, I want to make sure they're crystal clear on what it is that we're trying to do here and ask them if there's any part of it they think they're gonna have trouble with. And then I can sort of make sure they're clear and also talk about something that they think is going to be hard for them about that before we even get into the conversation.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. That's the best I – but let me get your reaction to that in the case of this particular student because I'm winging it in terms of what it could be. Does that sound like what it could be or not?
0: It could be. I mean, I'm – I'm voicing several instances and also my own personal experiences with Star where even if, you know, she's not in trouble, as soon as an adult goes to talk to her, she just doesn't want to hear it. If another student comes over and talks, it's acceptable, she'll listen to the opinion, but it's it's as if she has no confidence in anything that an adult says. And to me, it's kind of a miracle that she's so bonded to Marisol because it was a it's a true struggle if there are any other peers around especially to to even get a word in with her even if it's just saying hey everybody here's what our assignment is so well I just, and, and I, so is it I star who your question was about
1: is it star who your question was about
0: in particular but i've had this happen with several students we well and I, think it, I think I think it could really be something
1: to... I think it could be something different with each kid. But yeah. that's why I'd want to find out. But just a little bit that I'm hearing I'm not sure that I'd want to do plan B with Star to I don't think I'd want to have this conversation with Star to explore why she's having trouble Listening to adult concerns, if that's what we're actually trying to do, with mm-hmm. other students present, that's for sure. Um, I'd want to try to gather that information under the most optimal of circumstances. Um, no, I
0: just that as a teacher in the classroom, even just speaking to her, well, not then, that can be setting, but just mm-hmm. speaking.
1: That's what we're awesome. trying to find out. Um, I don't. I don't the way i would do it is the way i just de- the way i would try to gather that information is the way i described when we were talking about her earlier precisely what it is i have no idea that's that's why we're going to do the empathy step of plan b so we can find out mm-hmm. until this is the interesting thing um yes it's a good theory that um you know we could come up with gazillion theories for what it might be uh, she's been listening to adults for a really long time, and, and the advice they've given her has never worked out for her. Um, in fact, the advice that she's gotten from adults has always worked out poorly for her. I don't I don't know um, what star is going to tell us about why that's hard for her, but I can't wait until we do this again so you all can tell me what you found out in the empathy step of Plan B about that. And on that uh, note, believe it or not, and this one flew by today. We're out of time for today. Thanks, Anytown. I look forward to talking with you again.
2: Thank you, Dr. Green.
1: You bet. Well, that was that was interesting. They always are. Talk to you next week on collaborative problem solving in school. We'll take phone calls next week. Bye-bye.